God and verse number 24. A psalm of David, and David writes, and he says, Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Notice that last phrase, all you who hope in the Lord. That's what I want to talk about for a little while this morning. I want us to talk about hope. Father, I thank you today for the word of the Lord that is a lamp unto our feet and it is a light unto our path. Father, I thank you for the hope that we have today. And Lord, we understand that you are our hope. God, I pray your anointing to rest upon the message, upon the messenger, Lord, today. Give us ears upon our heart today. Let us hear what the Spirit would have us to hear today. All for the glory of God. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Man has three basic needs. There are three things that man must have in order to live. We understand that one is water. One is food, but I also believe that man must have hope. Without hope, man can barely survive. Without hope, man can hardly live. Hope is, a, 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 is nearly as important to man as food and water. So let's talk about hope today. The first thing I want to talk about this morning, and that is the, the recession of hope. Because, because there seems to be a recession of hope these days. As I look in Facebook, as I listen, as people talk, as I go about my daily activities, there seems to be a recession of hope in the day that we live. Recent and recurring events seem to send hope on a downward spiral for a host of people these days. Let me suggest, first of all, the election. I don't know who you voted for, but the election, half, half of the American people are, are bummed out about the results of the presidential election. Half of America. Uh, most conservative Christians are really concerned today because, because of the liberal thinking and liberal practices of our president. Uh, his, his stand on abortion, his stand on gay marriage, uh, his seeming lack of love and support for Israel. Um, the, these are but a few of the many things that make the alarm bells go off in the heart of most conservative Christians today. The, stock, the fact that the stock market fell some 300 points the very day following the election sends a message. Many are projecting that gas prices are going to skyrocket in the near future. Uh, the Robin Hood mentality. Uh, the new liberals that, that are soon to take office uh, in the Senate. Um, for many, uh, many today, they see America going to hell in a handbasket. Um, some say God must surely be judging America. Others say if God doesn't judge America, uh, he will have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. But I say don't lose hope. That's my message to you this morning is don't lose 
hope. Let me tell you, there were not even, according to the Bible, there were not even ten righteous people living in all of Sodom. Not even ten righteous people. And God said that if ten righteous people, if only ten righteous people could have been found in Sodom, God said He would spare the city. Is there much unrighteousness in our country? Absolutely. Will God judge unrighteousness? Absolutely. But let me tell you what I believe, and I believe is that God will protect the righteous. I believe that God always has and always will protect the righteous. He protected Noah and his family. He protected Lot and his family, getting them out of the city before that he rained down fire and brimstone. And I believe that God will protect us. Listen, don't allow the election to be... Uh, to bring a recession of hope in your spirit. I cannot speak for you this morning. I, I'm speaking for myself this morning. But, but, but as for me, my hope is not in a president. Whether it's the one we have or the one we could have had or someone else, my hope is not in a president, but my hope is in a king. And not only is my hope in a king, my hope is in the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And may I remind you this morning that yes, there is much unrighteousness in the United States of America. But just as there is much unrighteousness in our country, let me tell you there is also much righteousness in our country. Let me remind you that there is a church that stands on just about every single corner. Let me just remind you that America is still number one in sending missionaries. And let me remind you that 2 Chronicles seven fourteen is still in the Bible and it says that if my people that are called by my name will humble them themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. God said, then they will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Don't lose hope today. Notice another cause of the recession of hope. How about the economy? The economy, a record number of people today are either unemployed or underemployed. The national debt is absolutely staggering. Oh, we're living in a day where it literally takes the income of mom and dad working to make ends meet. There was a bumper sticker that was out some years ago. It says, due to the economical downturn, the light at the end of the tunnel has been turned off. Bankruptcy is a common occurrence these days. Some people are so far behind on their bills, they have absolutely lost all hope that they will ever recover financially. But my hope to you this morning is, or my word to you this morning is, don't lose hope. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 31, Matthew 6 and 31, Jesus says, Therefore, do not worry, saying, What are we going to eat, or what are we going to drink, or what are we going to wear? Jesus said, For after all these things the Gentiles seek, but your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. What does He know we need? He knows we need food. He knows we need shelter. He knows we need transportation. He knows, amen, that we need the basic necessities of life. So, 
But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow because tomorrow uh, will worry about its own self and sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So don't worry about it this morning. God is going to take care of us, amen? Don't lose hope. Seems to be a recession of hope these days. The major causes are the election, the economy, and then how about just the everyday grind? Just the everyday grind. People today are getting sick and tired of being sick and tired. People today are weary of the process, the process of three steps forward and two steps back. They have become weary with unfulfilling jobs. They become weary with passionless marriages. They've become weary with ungrateful kids. They've even become weary of unanswered prayer. The prophet Malachi told God's people in Malachi chapter 1 and verse 13, He said, you have become weary in your worship and you have become weary in your walk with God. Malachi said to them, God sees your heart and God hears your heart saying, oh, what a weariness it is. Let me encourage you this morning, church, don't let the mundane. Do not allow the daily grind to steal your joy. Oh, do not allow the daily grind to take away your peace. Oh, do not allow the daily grind to to bring a recession of hope in your soul because Galatians 6 and 9 is still in the Bible and it says, let us not grow weary in well-doing because we we, we will reap if we do not faint. All right, we've talked enough about the recession of hope. Let's talk a little bit about the reasons for hope. I cannot just tell you don't lose hope this morning and then not give you some reasons. So let me give you three this morning, the reasons for hope. Here's reason number one this morning. Here's why you can have hope today. Reason number one is we know that God knows what we don't know. Amen? Amen? I said, we know that God knows what we don't know. You see, nothing takes God by surprise. You you, you will never hear God say, wow, I never saw that one coming. (laughs) You'll never find God wringing his hands and walking the floor and worrying about what's going to happen next. The psalmist told us in Psalm 139 that, that God knows the, the, the end from the beginning. That God sees all and that God knows all. Did you know that before the beginning there was God? How can that be? I don't understand it. But before there was a beginning there was God. Did you know that before the end God is already there? You see, God is not bound by time or space or any other limitation of man. I have a reason for hope today because my God is a big God. I don't know about your God this morning. You might be serving some teeny weeny little bitty little baby God this morning. I don't know how big your God is today, but I'm telling you that I serve a big God. I serve a big God. My God is a big God and he's still on his throne today. And everything that God has ever done in the past, he is able to do today. And what he is able to do today, he He'll be able to do tomorrow. Listen, don't worry about tomorrow, friend, because God's already out there waiting on you. Hallelujah. 
have a reason for hope today. Amen. Have a reason for hope because I know that he knows what I don't know. The Bible says that not even a sparrow, not even one sparrow falls to the ground, but what God takes notice. And then God said, hey, people, are you not much more valuable than sparrows? Now, as I look around at the world today, I see some pretty frightening things taking shape. Our world is changing rapidly. Our nation that was founded on godly principles is moving farther and farther and farther and farther away from its foundation. Truth be known, if I allowed myself to this morning, I could work myself into a frenzy and live my life in fear and anxiety. Instead, I choose to live in hope. Not in denial. I'm not talking about denial this morning. I'm not saying we ought to all stick our heads in the sand. I'm not saying that we ought to just all, you know, just say, well, there's nothing bad going on and everything's wonderful and rosy, sweet and and all of that. I'm not talking about denial this morning. I, I do not deny the fact that there's some terrible things happening. There's some tragic things happening. There's some frightening things that are happening in our world and in our country today. But listen, I refuse to walk the floors at night and ring my hands. I refuse to worry and be anxious and be overly concerned about it. Instead, I choose to hope. I've got a hope this morning. I've got a hope. I have hope because I know that God knows what I don't know. I'll give you another reason for hope this morning. I have hope today because, because I know that God is at work. Even when it doesn't seem like it. God is at work. Even when it doesn't seem like it. Romans 8 and 28 is still in the Bible. Still one of my life verses. Paul writes and he says, And we know. We what? We think. And we know. And we know that God causes. Who causes? God causes. God causes what? All things. How many things? All things. All things to what? God causes all things to work together for good to those that love God and those that are called according to His purpose for them. Didn't say God causes everything. It says God causes everything that does happen to work together. Doesn't say all things are good, but He says that He takes the good, the bad, and the ugly. He puts it all together. And works in every situation, in every circumstance. And makes it work for his will and for our benefit. What is Paul saying in Romans 8 and 28? He's saying that we have a reason for hope. And the reason is we know we can be absolutely sure of this one fact. And that is that God is at work even when it doesn't seem like it. Oh, because God wastes nothing. 
He uses the good, the bad, the ugly. He uses our mountaintops and our valleys. He uses our best day and our worst. He takes our good decisions and he even takes our day of stupid. It doesn't matter. God is at work 24-7 conforming us into the image of his dear son, molding and shaping and forming us using every situation and every circumstances, uh, a circumstance of our life. I've got a reason for hope today. And the reason I have for hope is that I know that God is at work today even when I don't when it doesn't seem like it let me give you a third reason I have for hope this morning I have a reason for hope because because we know the end of the story because I know the end of the story I've got hope today have you ever been reading a very, very exciting book? And how oh, the the all oh, the plot thickens and man, all oh, the tension is high and all oh, the adrenaline is blowing in your in your veins. Oh, 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 the pretty girl has been tied up to the railroad tracks. Oh, the sound of the train's horn. Oh, oh, will she make it or will she not? Will somebody save her or will they not? Oh, you can't stand it anymore. So you flip to the back of the book and see if she's still there. I have hope today because I haven't just read the front of the book and I haven't just read the middle of the book, but I've read the end of the book. I know how the story goes. I know how the story ends. So I can be a person of hope no matter what the circumstance or situation, no matter what it might look like and it might appear. I've cheated. I've turned to the back of the book and the back of the book says we win. Story is told about an older gentleman who stumbled onto a little league baseball game. So he climbs up into the bleachers and he yells out to one of the little boys, Sean, watch the score. And the little boy says, They're 32 and we're nothing. And the old gentleman says, Son, you're really getting beat. They are whipping you bad. And the little boy responded to the older gentleman. And he said, no, sir. No, sir. And the older gentleman said, how in the world can it be 32 to nothing and they're not beating you? He said, because we haven't got to bat yet. Just wait, just wait until we have our turn at bat. I don't know what the score might be in your life today. And it might look like you're getting beat 32 to nothing. But let me tell you, it's just about time for you to get to bat. And when you get to bat, amen, things can turn around in a hurry. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh. You might look around at the condition of the world today and think, wow, Satan is winning. God's people are getting whipped up on. Hey, hey, it's not long. It's going to be our turn to bat. I've got a reason, friend, for hope. And that reason is I know the end of the story. Revelation chapter 20, verse 1 through 3 says, I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil, Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. 
And he cast him into the bottomless pit and he shut him up. And he set his seal on him so that he should deceive the nations no more until the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. Verse 7. And when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison. He will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, whose number is as the sand of the sea. They went up on the breadth of the earth and and surrounded the camp of the saints and the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are. And they will be tormented day and night forever and forever. You might say, Pastor, how in the world can you be talking about hope today? How in the world, in light of everything that's happening and going on in the direction that our nation is heading, how in the world can you preach hope this morning? I can preach hope this morning because, listen, we haven't batted yet. Our turn is just about up. About right, it's about time for us to bat. Amen. I've read the end of the book, and the end of the book says that the devil is a loser, and the end of the book says we win. All right, we've talked about the recession of hope, we've talked about some reasons for hope. Let's finish up this morning talking about the results of hope because you see, hope has many companions. Hope brings with it many, many things. Let me just let me give you three this morning. The first thing that hope gives us is encouragement. The result of hope is encouragement. You see, nothing can lift your spirits like hope can. I mean, hope is like a shot of adrenaline. In Second Chronicles chapter 20, God's people are in trouble. There are more than three nations that have aligned themselves together and they are coming against Jehoshaphat and God's people. And in the natural, it did not look good. The Bible says that Jehoshaphat declared a fast and he began to seek the Lord. In verse 12, Jehoshaphat prays. And he prays and he says, God, he says, we, God, we have no power against this great multitude. God, there's three, more than three nations that have come together in alliance and they're all after us. And so God, he says, we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us. God, he said, we don't know what to do. But our eyes are on you. We're outnumbered, we're overpowered, we don't have a strategy, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Jehoshaphat's hope was in God. Notice he didn't call in his military experts. He didn't call in his advisors. He didn't rely on his own wisdom. And knowledge, Jehoshaphat's hope was in the Lord. God, he said, we don't have a clue what we ought to do, but our eyes are on you. 
Let me encourage all of us here today. There are many perplexing problems in our complicated world today. There are a lot of disturbing things that are going on all around us today. But oh, let me encourage us today. Let us not look to man to solve our problem. Listen, listen, the Democrats don't have the answer. And the Republicans don't have the answer. Libertarians don't have the The independents don't have the answer. Our only hope... Our only hope today is to do what Jehoshaphat did. God, God, he said, we have no power against this great multitude that is coming against us, nor do we ever even have a clue as to what to do, but our eyes, our eyes, our eyes are upon you. Oh, let me help you this morning. If you want to live in the state of depression, you can. If you want to live defeated, if you want to live in anxiety and fear, if you want to, then look around you today. Read all the articles. Read all the alarmist books that are out there. Workers up into some kind of frenzy if you want to. Or let me tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to encourage myself in hope. I'm going to encourage myself in hope. I've got hope this morning. Amen. Because I'm not looking to man for my solution today. I'm looking to my God. You see, I just choose to believe that the one that has taken me this far is able to take me all the way home. You see, church, he's Jehovah Jireh, our provider. He's Jehovah Shammah. He's the God who is there. He's Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. So in light of that this morning, I I refuse to live in fear. I refuse to live in defeat. I refuse to live in discouragement. I refuse to live in anxiety. Oh, but I choose to live in hope this morning and hope supplies me the encouragement I need to keep on keeping on. Talking about the results of hope right now. The first one is encouragement. The second one is endurance. Endurance. Paul, in writing to the church of Thessalonica said to them in 1 Thessalonians 1 and 3, he said, as I recall, your faithful work, your loving deeds, your enduring hope that you have because of the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says here that hope helps you endure. Endure. And sometimes, friend, it's hope and hope alone that keeps us going. Don't lose, don't lose hope this morning. Don't, don't lose hope. Without it, without it, you will not have any endurance. Without it, you will be easy prey for the enemy. Not only does hope result in encouragement and endurance, but the last one and finally this morning, another companion of hope is energy. Hope energizes. Think about it. Think about it. Hope energizes. Think about it this morning. Oh, your team is behind, man. You're losing. It looks like you're going to lose. But suddenly, suddenly, oh, oh, you begin to rally. Oh, two or three people get a hit or somebody oh, scores a touchdown or somebody gets a hot hand on the court and all of a sudden a spark, just a spark, but a glimmer of hope, but only a glimmer of hope and everybody on the team perks up. 
burst of energy comes out of nowhere. And a team that has been lackluster, a team that has been lethargic the entire game suddenly comes alive and starts playing like a championship team. All because of a spark of hope. Because hope energizes Go with me, if you will, this morning. Go with me in your imagination to a horse race. Now, we're not going to bet on the horses. (laughs) We're just going to watch. And here they come, all they're rounding the backstretch, and all of a sudden a horse and a jockey starts to make their move. They come from the very back of the pack and all. Here they come moving past one horse and then another and then another and then another and then another and then another. another. They've been trailing the entire race. Oh, they've been eating the dust of all the other horses the entire race. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden they make their move and all of a sudden, oh, hope energizes the horse and hope energizes the rider because now they can see the finish line that's just ahead. And with their eyes on the finish line, they run harder and they run faster. Pastor, here's my message to you this morning, church. This is not a day to lose hope. It's not a day to throw in the towel. It's not a day to sit on your pity pot. Uh, uh, This is a day to be encouraged. You say, Pastor, how in the world could we be encouraged with all the things that are happening and all the things that are lining up and all of the things? Have you not read the articles? Have you not looked on the internet? How can you say these are encouraging times? I'm telling you, this is the greatest day in the world, greatest day ever to be alive. I'm telling you, this is a day to be encouraged today. Amen. Because this is the day where we can see the finish line. You see, the signs of the time speak to us that the finish line is just ahead. I'm telling you this morning that we have rounded the backstretch. I said we might have been trailing, we might have been eating the devil's dust for a long time, but I'm telling you that we are just now going into the backstretch. I'm telling you it's time for us to make our move today. I'm telling you it's time not to look at the surroundings or see where we are in the race, but it is a day when we need to lift up our heads and we need to look at the finish line and we need to look at the Lord Jesus Christ and we can be encouraged and hope can energize us today and give us the energy because I don't know about you today but if I look with eyes of faith today I can see that we're on the back stretch I can see we're on our way home I can see the finish line we're almost there church we're almost there we've got hope today we're just about home we're just about there Hebrews 12 and 1 said, let us run with endurance. The race that is set before us. Oh, keeping your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of your faith. There's hope today. There's hope today. We're living in the greatest day ever. Because we're living, I believe, in the day and the hour. When Jesus Christ could come, take his church be with him. Would you stand with me and give him a round of applause? Thank you for the hope that we have today. Give him a, come on, give him a shout of praise for hope today. For hope today. For hope today. Musicians and singers, quickly get in place this morning, please. Quiet, quick, quick, fast. Run. I'll pay you big bucks. Get up here. Hurry up. I'm just teasing. Come on. Amen. 
Father, I just pray today, Lord, that you'll take the word of God this morning. Lord, not my little sermon that I put together today, but God, the message. Lord, I ask you, Lord, I beat my head against the wall the first part of this week begging you and pleading with you saying, God, I've got to have some, I've got to have a word. I've got, this is a Sunday. I've got to have a word. I've got to have a word for your church today, God. And God, the word that you gave me was the word hope. And I thank you for that word this morning, God. Thank you for the word of hope. Hallelujah. Amen. As soon as possible, begin to play very quietly. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed this morning. I believe that you're here this morning and I believe there's some of you here today that you've lost hope. You've lost hope this morning. I don't know what it is that you've lost hope in, but hope is lost in your life today and you need the Lord to restore hope in your life I don't know what area maybe it's just in your whole life you just need hope to be restored God is a God of hope today and he wants to restore hope this morning your your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed and nobody's looking about this morning if you need God to restore hope in your life today I want you to lift your hand in this auditorium this morning thank you God bless you and you and you God bless you and you thank you you can put your hands down. How many others this morning? I've lost hope. I've lost hope. I'm discouraged. I'm despondent. I've, I've lost hope. I need, to, I need hope to be restored. Thank you. You can put your hand down now. How many others this morning? I need, I need hope restored in my life. I need hope restored in my life. I need hope restored in my life. I wish I could tell you this morning that every one of you that are struggling, every one of you, if you're struggling in your marriage, I wish I could just tell you that your marriage is just magically going to be better. I hope it is. I wish I could tell you that. If you're sick, I wish I could just tell you that you're just going to be miraculously healed in the next five seconds. I wish I could tell you that this morning. If you're struggling financially, I wish I could tell you that... The check is coming tomorrow. It's going to bail you out all of it. I wish I could tell you that this morning. I, I, I can't tell you all of that. All of that we, is a possibility. It could all happen. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying discounting the fact that God could do those things in our life. But I'm telling you what I'm really telling you this morning is that we're not, we're not born for this world. And we're not to live for this world. And even though we may not get everything that we want in this world, and even though God may not do for us everything we want Him to do for us in this world, we can still live a, a life of hope because we know that we're going to a better place and we know we have, we're on the backstretch and we're headed for the finish line. We can, we can see the finish line. It's just ahead. It's just ahead. And if we'll finish strong, if we'll finish strong, everything we've ever wanted, needed, desired, or hoped for is waiting for us just on the other side of the finish line. There's a dozen people that raised their hand. They've lost hope this morning. Would you come and stand this morning? We've got a few moments. I want us to stand in the presence of the Lord. I believe that God will restore hope. God will restore hope. Come on. There's a dozen people. Thank you. One has moved. Now others can move. Come on. Come on. I can point you out. I'm not going to, but I could. Come on. I saw your hand. There's at least a dozen.